The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 That's right. That's the name of the show. It's Beyond. Welcome to Beyond, episode 528. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by Brian Altano. Are you reading that off the paper? You don't need no, to I'm know just, I'm just rustling the paper. Thanks for pointing out one of my many insecurities, Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> hey, Max. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Andrew. I said nice wrong and uh, ruined my own bad joke. <laughs> we belong on this show together. Uh, and Casey DeFritos. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thanks uh, for having me. We are going to be talking about Monster Hunter a little bit, which you have been playing a bit. Yeah. That that was one of the many huge games that's coming out this week. But there's a bunch of other stuff I want to touch on uh, first. Um, first things first, uh, I want to point out that uh, you have a Pokemon shirt and Andrew has a Super Mario Kart shirt. Uh, Brian does not have a Nintendo shirt on. But, uh, no, but there's a cat in front of me. There's a, there is a cat in front of you. That's sort of like a Nintendo icon. But um, So something popped up this week that is sort of, uh, sort of crazy. They're making these things that are basically PlayStation Amiibo. Uh, they're called Totaku. Mm-hmm. But they don't do anything. No. They, yeah, they don't. They're, don't they're, they? They don't have any functionality or anything, and they're they're kind of they're like pretty arbitrary characters, with the exception of uh, like Kratos is obviously a game that got back out of war games coming out soon. The rest of them are just kind of a mix of legacy stuff yeah. and more modern stuff. So, like, let's just run, run through them really quick. We got mm-hmm. Kratos from the new God of War with his with his uh, with his beard. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. Sackboy, Hihachi from Tekken. He's the one with the with the funny hair. One of the many. Uh, Parappa the Rapper, a Hunter from Bloodborne, and uh, the Fizar FX three hundred and fifty, which is the wipeout car spaceship thing. Yep. Um, yeah, they they don't have an NFC. They don't have any of the chips in them that make the, the Amiibo do their magic thing. But they pretty much they're pretty obviously like, hey, it's PlayStation Amiibo, yeah, basically. It's yeah, small um, collector. I mean, they're ten mm-hmm. bucks too. Yeah. so they're uh, they're ten bucks. They are GameStop exclusive in the U.S. Uh, you can get them on. I guess they're made by ThinkGeek, which is uh, mm-hmm. owned by GameStop. Uh, how do you guys feel about these? I love them. I think they're really cool just to have on your desk. Like, I think there isn't, uh, especially something like Bloodborne and, and even Dark Souls. Like, there there haven't been a lot of merchandise for those mm-hmm. other than like a really expensive. Figma that's coming out. So in that way, it's nice. 
I'm weirded out that they wouldn't do like Nathan Drake. They wouldn't do you know Ellie with the tattoo from the Last of Us Part Two. Like I think they'll they'll get there. I, I yeah. hopefully because I want to see them do more. I think Nintendo has been really good with Amiibo about using them to almost promote what's next and right. tying into right. stuff. I mean, well, that's also because they do have uh, like the chips do things. You know, like they'll do, oh use this to unlock this, and yeah. it's kind of I mean that makes sense. You know, from that collector standpoint, they're like oh get the new Chibi Robo game, and it comes with the Chibi Robo Amiibo, and uh, in that sense it makes sense. But these aren't actually like tied to any particular games i mean mm-hmm. aside from any new games so i think it makes sense that they're doing a little bit of a little bit greatest hits and a little bit mm-hmm. kind of older stuff i i would be very surprised if we didn't get a nathan drake um but yeah it's it's also it gets tricky you mentioned that you wanted a spider-man mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how to tell you this there are a lot of spider-man toys out there already <laughs> not that one not that cool <laughs> new insomniac suit yeah uh we'll probably get a marvel checkmate that. but <laughs> yeah, i mean it gets yeah, it gets complicated right. when it's any kind of third-party stuff i'm sort of surprised that crash bandicoot is in here mm. uh though he is like the original you know playstation mascot uh he is owned by activision i guess but uh, no, it's cool that we're getting some some little little trinkets to play with. Yeah, I I pre-ordered the Bloodborne one immediately, and I'm gonna get the Figma too because it's it's nice. But that's gonna be like a ninety hundred dollar figure. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like sort of small scale stuff that you can get, you know, on, on the way at a GameStop that isn't a Funko Pop, you know, that kind of has its own look to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfectly awesome for PlayStation fans to grab something that's ten bucks, eleven bucks on the way out of the store. Um, uh, the Bloodborne ones that stand out to me too. Like that's yeah. the one I want. It's also like it looks cool. It looks it's like mm-hmm. the pose from the 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 title screen basically, yep. which is awesome. Or if you just turn him around and look at his back all day, you know. Right? Ooh, okay, so I definitely, uh, I definitely want to see them in person and see what the quality is like because some of these, I mean, mm-hmm. they're modeled after such detailed characters. Yeah. Like a lot of the Nintendo characters are just they're like you know like the Palico there. They're just very. Uh, non-detailed, and uh, but these guys are much more yeah. realistic. Well, the cool thing yeah. about these but is still that 10 bucks. they were not sort of designed, they didn't sort of write themselves into a corner the mm-hmm. way Amiibo did. If you look at the first yeah. line of Amiibo, they're all based on Smash Brothers character mm-hmm. poses, which were ostensibly not created to be figures. Yeah. So what you end up having is a bunch of characters who have like Diddy Kong who's sitting on like ice or yeah. like Link, who's got that weird pea stick going down yeah. the side. Yeah, uh, and the only one of these that you see something like sort of clear sticking out is the Fizar FX three fifty ship from Wipeout, um, and that's because that's like yeah. a floating, hovering craft. So yeah, they're they're really well designed so far. In that they don't have like rods of clear ice. Going you're right. Their, you're their totally boards. right about that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, is do you think they'll sell out? Like, um, I think no. some will. No? I, I don't <laughs> think they will ever sell out. I I. I think they're really cool. I don't think I think part of it with Amiibo is like there's whole like speedrunning categories for Zelda around having mm-hmm. this Amiibo because mm-hmm. of the functionality. Like these are just really I, I genuinely think these are cool cheap collectibles, and it it, yeah. it kind of introduces a really nice new like low tier end to buy. It, but I, I think don't think you, they'll sell. I out. think you completely underestimate the approach that gamers take to collecting. Yeah, maybe uh, it's it's kind of scary. And you saw this with Amiibo where they're like, "I found a Samus with two left arms. It's it's a hundred and sixty thousand dollars." No, like eBay. there were, like, there there's like Amiibo that people were importing. People, me, were importing from Japan. Well, the because, Monster Hunter Stories Amiibo. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, right. And so you look at stuff like even like Jigglypuff or like Rosalina characters who aren't like fan favorites but like people you know kind of like them they were hunting those down they were camping outside of Target yo you got that Rosalina like people go crazy for little figurines like this um, I'm a little bummed that they don't have any specific functionality with uh, PlayStation but then again uh, Toys to Life stuff outside of Amiibo uh, has all failed yep. so and, and figurines have been going strong since I don't know the dawn of man yeah, yeah. yeah I'm surprised they don't include like 
I don't know, a code for a free avatar theme. Yeah, that seems that like would be the easiest way to. Yeah. Like, hey, here's yeah. a here's a, a an avatar buddy icon, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think what's odd about them is that they um they're not totally uniform in like their their packaging. Like the colors are all over the place, but also the uh, the figures themselves. Like if you look at the way. Um, uh, the like Mr. Game and Watch figure looks how he's like a flat a flat toy, and then you look at uh, Parappa. Parappa's like he's three like times as thick. thick. Yeah. It's just weird. So it's kind of odd. Yeah, it's uh, kind of cool. I'm kind of reserve my judgment until I actually see these in person because they could completely come out and just be like the worst sloppiest paint ops yep. and like just yeah. like flash all over the plastic and stuff. But uh, I am amazed that that uh, Nintendo's managed to make such like high end amiibo at this point. Like they look mm-hmm. great. I'm glad yep. they're still around. Uh, I hope that PlayStation does more of this stuff too. Um, and maybe get some, I don't know, maybe get some third party stuff. It'd be, be so cool to have like yeah. a little figurine of like, like Metal Gear Solid one snake with like the low poly. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I think but, that'd be awesome. I want them. I hope these do well because I want more of them. I, I think, yeah. uh, it's, it's the beginning of a cool line. I, I love that they're like, right. Keeping it under $10 is like that really easy. What would you, uh, cute gifts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Totally. You see one on the way. I was like, Oh, that's my friend's favorite character. And yeah. Like, what would you guys want that isn't on this list? Casey, go. A Monster Hunter Hunter, <laughs> but well, they are, that's not fair because they already have like they already have like Gashapon here. But, they have like a, they have Amiibo. Yeah. And I broke your toy. I broke your toy. No, it's uh, okay. <laughs> Andrew, what would you want besides Persona? Oh, dang. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Aloy. I really would like a nice Nathan Drake. I think that there's been like really tall ones and really cute little chibi ones, but I would I would like just like a cute little yeah. Amiibo size one. Yeah, yeah or or a said Aloy. That's a, that's yeah. a good one too. Yeah, Aloy would be great. Oh yeah, why? I'm very one of the really watchers. Surprised make Aloy. Yeah. Oh yeah, the watch that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, man, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I want some of the monsters from Bloodborne. I'm, I'm replaying that oh, game now, God, and yeah. it's just like yeah. the boss designs are just stunning, and they like I think with those you'd have to have a bunch of like weird ice and P rods mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that because like I mean, they're just so if, all over the place. If Bloodborne had come out in like 2000 through 2000. Three, we would 100% have a line of McFarlane toys of like yes. god awful things. Of like the of orphan cost with like all hey, the little things around it. It's them, that yeah. pig with a prolapsed anus that oh, vomits no. poison at you. Great. Uh, anyway, on <laughs> the world's worst segue, uh, there's some rumors about Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, none of us here are Kingdom Hearts 3 experts, so please don't yell at us. We're just going to go through this really quick. Mm-hmm. But rumors that we're going to see uh, Monsters Inc. in there. Uh, yeah, there's like actually photos of that world. And so they, they look. They could be. I mean, they're probably Photoshop, but it maybe could they're be real. VR chat screenshots. I don't. It would be. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There is also already a uh, Pixar World confirmed. Like we know we're getting. Um, we know we're getting Toy Story, and then the other ones from Disney Animation. We know we're getting Tangled and Big Hero Six. So it's like another Pixar World makes them really heavy on like modern three animated franchises. But mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, and then there's uh, Shibuya from The World Ends with You. Is that yeah? What that is? Yeah. So which would be cool. Yeah, and, and uh, Neku was already in Dream Drop Distance. Right. So the ca- main character from that game was already in a Kingdom Hearts game. Oh, oh cool. We haven't yeah. had, I don't think I don't there think the was a full world. And that would be awesome if we had a modern representation of Tokyo mm-hmm. in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, like in HD. and Yeah, looking out. yeah that, that would be, really be so cool. awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm excited um, for the world ends with you. <laughs> D23 Japan. So the rumor is that this is all coming, that this news is coming in Q1. Okay, I was going to say, like, so, wait, one, they have a D23 in Japan, and two, that's going to be a playable level of this yeah. game? Uh, so that's sometime in, like, mid to late February, and right. so I think that is just the next event people think could be where we'll get more news. That makes sense. I, I feel like release date, so, like, there's a rumor that it's a release date towards the end of this year. If they're really going to come out in 2018, which I'm still skeptical on, uh, that timing kind of works, but I, I feel like E3 or TGS is a way more likely Kingdom Hearts drop point. Although, if it is coming out in September, then obviously it needs to be way before TGS. So mm. we'll see. Uh, and then they're also saying uh, maybe Frozen at E3. 
uh, which which makes sense. Makes a lot. Of, that's Frozen like is, Frozen second only to Star Wars, right? It's that's, like that's the biggest. <laughs> that is their money printing machine. That's yeah. not even like a machine. That's like a gun that shoots money into their own own faces. It's weird. Uh, and then Noctis and Lightning, which. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, those are the kind of biggest, most iconic Final Fantasy characters of the last yeah. few generations. Yeah, in the same way that we got, you know, Final Fantasy seven characters back in the day. Like now, those are the only recent. You know, those are the only recent gen new Final Fantasy protagonists. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, and then they're again saying September release date. Which I mean, yeah, I feel like this game has been kind of under under wraps for long enough. I mean, I don't remember when this was announced. Like. Hundred million years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> As dinosaurs I, roamed the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching a trailer when I was in high school. God, like, God, yeah. So. <laughs> it's been a very long time. And like there have been so many spinoffs and they're like up to the collections were like from 1.5 to 2.5 to 2.8. <laughs> like like they're inching their way yeah. towards three. That's going to be nuts. Um, but some of those aren't actually in between two and three. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's those are essentially just recatching you up so you can be ready. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies, too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash farbeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at GameFly.com slash far beyond. Weird piece of news. Uh, they announced that they're doing some uh, PlayStation Nikes. These are the PG2s. Uh, it's a Paul George collaboration. He's a basketball player um, who has already done like he's already done one collaboration with Nike. I don't think that was a console exclusive at all. But uh, the, <laughs> these are like PlayStation themed. They've got kind of like um, you know purplish hues. They have light up tongues, you know, like some sweet LA lights. Um, and these are coming out on February 10th. Uh, limited edition, of course, and they're 110 bucks, which is. I did not catch the power button on the inside of the tongue. That's a nice touch. Yeah, um, they're pretty cool. I mean, we're none of us are particularly like sneakerheads, Brian. You kind of are, but it's yeah. You, you stick mostly to kind of like dunks and like retro retro stuff. I wear a lot of Jordans. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't really wear a lot of like the. These are actually for playing basketball basketball shoes. Um, but these are cool. They're just, they're not really for me. I think they're, um, I've got if a you're, zoom airbag. Yeah. If you're, if you're highly athletic or you're a kid, I think these would be great. I think they're a little over the top otherwise, but, um, yeah, they're kind of cool. They have that like eighties movie theater carpeting look to the side of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the, like the, around the laces that is like the PlayStation colors and like on the sides they have like the actual like button logos and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they have like really cool I think they features. they look cool. They don't, yeah. they don't look too gaudy or too in your face. Like this is PlayStation. I think they just yeah. Yeah, for look sure. neat. I kind of love that we're at a point where there is enough like sort of, you know, nerd culture. Like we got those vans that look like retro, like, like mm-hmm. classic Nintendos. Yeah. I, w- I went on like the vans website and was, you can customize your own like high tops on there. And I was trying to make it so it looked like, uh, like a Super Nintendo, like different shades of purple, and you can't quite get it right with the number of grays. Mm-hmm. But I would love it if we got some like high tops that look like an original PlayStation One, just right? Because like, that's like those are colors that don't look too offensive yeah. as, as a shoe. Yeah, I hope these sell really well and they do more collaborations with yeah, Nike because I love PlayStation, I love Nike. These are just not really for me. Yeah, but I hope they I hope they do more like street shoes. Type. I think they look really cool. I just probably wouldn't wear them. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think Nike owns Converse. Yeah, I'd like yes. to see some Converse. Oh my god, yeah, that's Same. true. 
They I'd should do those. some like hyper realistic versions of Crash Bandicoot sneakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, like covered in smashed tangerines or whatever. This kind of goes fruit. well with our first story in terms of like I really like that they're opening up their branding and that yep. they're making yeah. more they're making more cool stuff, more merchandise for PlayStation fans. Because for the longest time we didn't really have a whole lot of stuff to, to work with. Yeah, and that's why I like uh I like that range too. Like Tataku is ten bucks. These are mm-hmm. over a hundred dollars. Yeah, these are like, hundred and ten. So they're making it kind of for everybody to, you know, there's the impulse purchases, there's the collector purchases. Mm-hmm. Right? I really like that. These yeah. will also either sell out in five seconds yeah. or you'll be able to buy twenty pairs a day for the rest of your life. It could go either way. With I, these I feel like it'll be the first. I you think like so? it'll be limited. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. it's it's that weird thing of I like look at what Nintendo's done with like Uniqlo and yep. all that stuff. Like those are a little more and even like the shirts from the Urban Outfitters thing. Like they have these partnerships that are um sort of a little more like low, you know, like they're just available and you can walk yep. into any store and buy them. I feel like when you aim for like collector stuff, that's like a whole different audience. Totally, totally. And that's totally that gaming audience well, you were talking about. I feel so bad for sneakerheads too because like they they have like it's one thing to be like, oh, there's a limited number of this thing. And then you get into like, oh, but my feet are this size. And it's like, yeah. oh, so it's a fraction of that limited mm-hmm. number that's going to fit you in general. Yeah. That Clothes really collecting. sucks if you have a common foot size. Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. Yeah, it's just that's not fair. You uh Inherently going after peg warmers um, or short cases, whatever. Anyway, um, so Resident Evil 2 20th anniversary is coming up. Um, I figure we could talk about this. There was a tweet that uh, uh, Kamiya put out about the remake. Uh, he said, I heard that my friend is directing Resident Evil 2 remake. Let's trust him and wait for new information, winky face. And when asked for further comment, he said, blocked. And then, you know, <laughs> uh, no, not really. But uh, that's I love that dude on Twitter. He's great. Um but yeah, remake was announced in 2015, oh. which was a while ago. Long so it's ago. 20th anniversary makes sense. Um, what do you guys make of this game? I, I love Resident Evil 2. I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, the Resident Evil remake that came out for Nintendo GameCube and then later to everything else uh, is, was for the very longest time one of my favorite remakes of any video game ever. I mean, there are people who call it the best Resident Evil game ever. Yes. Yeah, hands down. I think it was like it was the last true um, sort of attempt to totally nail that survival horror style and that's sort of cheating because it's based on the original foundation which is one of the first truly definitive survival horror games but uh it added a whole bunch of new stuff and this game has never really truly gotten that treatment um and we heard about this in 2015 this is a game that when it first came out was um revolutionary and looking at it now it it's actually sort of comical but I i still think there's a lot of creepy scary stuff about this thing uh, that makes it really stand out in the sort of sea of survival horror that came since. Uh, it's a kind of over-the-top game, right? It's about, like, Raccoon City. It sort of moves the needle outside of just the original Trevor Mansion that you that the games took place in and, and shows you the police station and the streets and you go into the gun shop and, like, old diners and stuff like that. And it, it totally expands the scale of what I mean, this it's, universe it's is all like about. like the Arkham City to the Arkham Asylum that is the first Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's like... The cool thing about this game is that uh, the core environment of that police station is really fun and really interesting to navigate, even though it doesn't make any sense for cops to have to use like a lion's eye door to get into the jail <laughs> in the basement. It's a little ridiculous. But yeah, um, I'm hoping that something comes from this. All the Resident Evil social media accounts recently have changed their logos to the original Resident Evil uh, font. And I, I'm, I don't know what this means. I don't know if we're going to get Resident Evil 2 in the Resident Evil 7 engine, if we're going to get a straight up remake like we did I mean, it, with the original remake they said since so they announced this it was like i forget if it was at gamescom but it was sometime like in late summer a few years ago and in interviews since then like they talked about it was a full remake not mm-hmm. just up res like they talked about re-recording all the dialogue like they've gone over several times that they're going to do 
something significant with it, probably more along the lines of actually like our remake. Right. But like, I don't know where it is because it's definitely been a couple of years. Like this to me feels like something they could out of the blue one day announce or they hold it for E3. Like it, it feels like it could totally go either way. Yeah. Um, the Resident Evil 7 announcement happened at E3 last. Was it last year? Were they? No, it was two years ago. Two, no, I think it was last year. No, because it came out last year in January. So it was. E3 oh, right, right, right. That's, yeah. what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm all screwed up. Um, but I remember like we had known about that kitchen demo for a long time. And yeah. then we saw that. We saw the new trailer for Resident Evil and didn't know it was Resident Evil until it said Resident Evil, yeah. uh, which was really smart. And I don't know if that's the route they'll go this time around. But, um, yeah, this is just a very cherished game that hasn't really held up well. And that's I the have, thing about, like, old video games yeah. is that it's hard to go back to some of them. I mean, we talk a lot about this on the show, but, like, there's that thing where in games, number two is frequently better than the first one. Like, unlike movies where that's not, not usually the Zelda. case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Nintendo's weird because it's like, oh, well, like, the second Mario is like a, it's a fake Mario. Oh, and the yeah. second Zelda is like a total, like, you huh. know, departure. Castlevania um, 2 is weird. Yeah. Contra 2 is weird. But I would say with yeah. more recent games, like, the kind of the, the second iteration frequently, like, Watch improves. Dogs. Assassin's yeah, Creed. exactly. Yeah. Uncharted. Um, but in this case, like Resident Evil 2, I remember when that Elf came out. Bowling. Uh, and you, you had to go and like, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Resident Evil, uh, they put out like Resident Evil and then there was like the director's cut, which I, I forget was even different there. But mm-hmm. like I remember those like very early days of PlayStation where like the games first came in like those big like like letterbox shaped cases with the cardboard thing and the plastic. Yeah, there was something. The uh, first of all, I mean the box arts for those games were pretty like spooky looking. But there was something sort of like grimy about all the packaging and design yeah. that sort of felt like your friend had come back from like a weird punk rock store that sold Japanese horror videotapes. And, yeah, like, but then like, I mean, oh, okay, by the time RE two rolled around, that was like that was kind of hitting the stride of that of that first generation. And I remember like that was one of the first ones where you're like, oh, it, they could be on more than one disc. Like yep. that's nuts. And uh, I remember really liking the first one, just or the second one, just because it was like it. The sense of place that it had was really cool. And there's mm-hmm. that like initial sort of car accident, and you're like, there's like a, a burning truck, and you're like, there's zombies coming at you. And it did that thing that games I feel like were much better at doing back in the day of just sort of throwing you in and like mm-hmm. being like, swim, go on, on. yeah, sink, swim, whatever. I don't care. You bought me. I'm here in your house. You got to <laughs> beat me. Um, yeah, I I went back uh, about two months ago. I was on sort of a survival horror kick after The Evil Within Two, and I, I tried to replay remake on PS4. Um, and it's one of those things where I kind of wish I hadn't because it doesn't look as good as I remember it back in the, like the the old GameCube era. But it's also like the tank controls um, were so bad. It was there and there are people that love them. I've I played that game probably start to finish 20 times like i was able to do it in under i think it's like if you do it in under three hours you get the infinite rocket launcher and all that i beat that game like top to bottom in every way you possibly could and i just couldn't go back last year it was just too much um so i'm hoping that this goes in the direction of resident evil 7 where it's either like first or third person and you can explore this entire city like that i mean you nailed it would be really cool if it was in that engine it's a really weird time for stuff like this because like we're getting we're what three weeks away from Shadow of the Colossus, yep. also, and that's another game that like <laughs> I am so like I have such fond memories of playing that game, but I worry that the camera stuff, the control stuff, like they, I hope it made like a major difference with it and have kind of rethought stuff and made mm-hmm. it a little more modern because if they try and stick to exactly what it was i worry that it's actually kind of not accessible well, now we've talked about that like on on this show a bunch of times the sort of concept of like george lucasing something and yeah. taking something sacred and bringing it up to speed for modern audiences and then losing something along the mm-hmm. way and i like i worry about that because there are old school and that's the weird thing right resident evil specifically is such a like fascinatingly fractured fan base 
Sorry for the alliteration there. Uh, in that, Dream like, drop Dristens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in that some people are there for the old school sort of tank controls and others came in for Resident Evil 4 and others after that, 5 and 6 and now 7, which is a first person like survival horror slash VR game. Yeah, if, you, if that was your first Resident Evil and you went back to play Resident Evil, yeah. like, if you've only played Resident Evil 7 and then RE2 Remake comes out and you play that and you're going to be like, oh, this is very different. It's, it's very different than like movies. Like if you if your first Star Wars movie was The Force Awakens and then you went back and watch like Empire Strikes Back, you'd be like, oh, there's a lot here that I love. I understand like the thread here. Yeah. With video games, it's I mean, so that's, different. That's so key because with, with movies, it's a movie is a movie. And I mean, mm-hmm. it might be, you know, weird differences in sound or special effects, but the actual like functional thing of sitting down and looking at it and paying attention, understanding what happens, uh, that's that's fine. That doesn't change. But with games, there's a technical level where, yeah. like, I mean, you go back and you play, like, it's weird to think about it, but the standard thing of twin stick first person shooter controls wasn't standard for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like, you try to sit down and play something like GoldenEye or Perfect Dark, and you're like, what? What are these buttons doing? Like, what? I mean, even even Resident Evil Four, which is a third person survival horror action game, a la you know Gears of War and the games that came after it, um, even that doesn't control like a dual stick game. When people play that for the first time, they they forget that you can't walk and shoot at the same time in that game. Right. It's like stop mm-hmm. and shot or pop think, and whatever that is. I mean, we'll, the name for it. We'll get to stop this. And in the, shot, pop and shot. <laughs> we'll get to this in a second with the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting that that can go in the other way. Like, I think there are games that have been sort of inaccessible that can be opened up with yeah. sequels too. And, and I guess that's Resident Evil 7 also actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, it's, I like that because games are such an iterative medium and I don't think there's much wrong with doing a remake of something. I, I'm excited about Shadow of the Colossus because I missed the boat on that the first time around. And I mean playing the, the HD version felt like kind of just... I don't know. It, it felt like kind of late to the party, and, and it's so weird because point, but. when that version came out, it was like, "Wow, this is gorgeous." And that mm-hmm. wasn't that longer. That was like yeah. ten years ago, less than that. Yeah. Um, and then we played the the, oh, the remake at PSX, and it's yeah, just it's like stunning. stunning. Yeah. Did you were you into that game, Casey? I love Shadow. Oh, awesome! Awesome. <laughs> it was one awesome. of my favorite games. I was so excited when they announced this, even though if I already bought it twice and played <laughs> through it twice. Yep. Yeah. I'm totally down to play that game again. Yeah, it's, I'm. It's a I. In my, I think it's a masterpiece. I, I agree. Good. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. That's another one where I'm interested to see how modern audiences yeah. like, interact with that game because it is such a like just a completely empty open world. Mm-hmm. It is a I have always called it like a sandbox with no sand. Like yeah. there's there's nothing in that world mm-hmm. but the colossi or colossuses. And you just go and hunt them down, and then you kill them, and that's it. There's no, like, there's some lizards, and there's, like, a mm-hmm. bird here and there. But other than that, like, there isn't really a ton of stuff to do, or there aren't townsfolk to interact yeah. with. Like, especially coming off of something like Horizon, Breath of the Wild, where you can, like, light there's the so environment on do. fire. Yeah. Well, they, so. never, they never went out, and they weren't like, oh, it's a living, breathing world. They were just kind of like, what is this This is a forbidden place? land. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. They're like that. Grab the man's back hair and stab him in the neck. That, that's why I'm so excited to see what people think of it because it's fascinating playing it now, like in a you know after like Horizon, after all these open world games. Like I still like like we played a demo of it. Like I like the the waypoint system, like shining light towards something basically, like mm-hmm. figuring out where you need to go right. is like that's really cool and yeah. that's genuinely innovative. But then you put that up against that feeling of like oh I'm so isolated. Well, that's why it's so difficult um, when we put together our list of like the best games of all time. We're like the ten best PS the play. PlayStation games of all time like are you counting the criteria of the impact that game had when it launched or how playable it is in 2018 like you take away any remake of Resident Evil 2 Resident Evil 2 is absolutely like one of the best PlayStation games of all time would I tell you to play it in 2018 probably not 
Yeah. I still you know? tell people to play Shadow of the Colossus now. Right, it's right. It's one of those games where I was like, I want you to play this game. If you've never played it, I want to see how good you are at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I'm excited for this because I, I hope it kind of, I hope it can, to kind of both of your points, I hope it can maintain the magic but mm-hmm. also feel more accessible for yeah. someone now. I'll say and from what we saw at PSX, it has the best hair I've ever seen in the video. I was watching, down. I was watching some of the footage and the fur yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy what yeah. they can do with fur on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Also the cloth, like Wander's <laughs> little like cape or whatever yeah. the heck it is, yeah. like like flowing in the wind behind him is so cool looking. Yeah, and like the skyboxes, I love them because they look like real like real life disappointing skies. Like I feel like most of the time when you're like, wow, there's a beautiful skybox in that game, either it's like a terrifying thunderstorm because the wizards are at it again, or mm-hmm. it's like an amazing sunset and you're like, wow, it's great. But it never is. It's just like just sort of like weird half overcast. Yeah. You get yeah. that thing of where it's like a, a summer day where it's overcast and you're like, oh, like the sun's there. I can see it, but it's not really doing much. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying to jump into that game. But you know, uh, when when the game first came out, I remember being impressed that there were no loading screens. Yeah. Like yeah. back on the PS2, mm-hmm. no loading screens, that whole open world. It really helped with the immersion. That's because there's nothing in the world. That's the secret. Ah. That is the secret to open world games. Just don't put anything in it. Um, the lizards. Yeah, except for the lizards. <laughs> those, those take up a lot of RAM. But yeah, for Resident Evil 2... Um, they, they, I feel like this is ramping up for something that's going to happen soon. Yeah. I don't think we'll have to wait until E3. I think it would be really mean of them to change all their social media icons and then just be like, see you in June. I totally agree. <laughs> Unless it's like out at E3. Yeah. 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 Also, cool. it's it's uh, it's Capcom, not Square Enix. So if they announce something, it's probably going to come out, you know, sooner rather than you know. Yes. Well, other than deep <laughs> after down, you finished your PhD. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember deep down. I was excited for that. Yeah, what and happened? like we saw it at TGS, and I don't know what happened. Do you remember like, the Capcom I've... Five? Oh yeah. Uh, oh my God, that's right. Yeah, I feel like with with deep down. Uh, Sony was like, "Hey, we need some stuff for our uh, big PS4 announcement. You got that thing you we said you were working on?" And they were like. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Hold on a minute. And they just ran the back. What do you have? Give us anything. Like, we got something about knights riding the subway. Please help. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, on the subject of Capcom and what they've been up to, and of course, climbing big monsters, Casey, you've been playing Monster Hunter World. Yes. Can you say anything about it? I can say at the preview event I played back in November, the first 10 hours of it, I really, really loved it. I've loved Monster Hunter since 2004. Wow, I still okay. love Monster Hunter. <laughs> I actually brought in my save for my original Monster Hunter game in the disc today Whoa. for capture. Um, and I have over 300 hours on just oh, that man. one game. Man. Not That's... counting the other games that I played up until this point. So, Holy crap. I just really like Monster Hunter. This is, this is one, of those, one of those series that's been like, it, it kind of does, it like much like Resident Evil or, or you know, Metal Gear, it kind of fragments its audience based on mm-hmm. where it goes because it's almost got this kind of like nomadic yeah. thing. Where I, I bought a PS3 because I thought the next Monster Hunter was going to be on the PS3, along with The Last Guardian. Oh, Little did man. I know, that never happened. That's one of those stories like you overhear in GameStop. Like there's, it's like a small tragedy. It's like you ended up with a great console. Yeah. Word, oh no, I love my PS3. Like you, you got in there day one for a thing that never really came together. Yep. Oh, man, man, yeah. Uh, so what, what, what draws you to these games? Because I know that like every time I've tried to get into them, I appreciate the hell out of them, but they, they're always just like one notch too obtuse for me, where they just get so deep, and that the mm-hmm. the boss battles get to be like, I'm like I'm playing Bloodborne right now, and boss yeah. battles in that game can be five ten minutes long. They're, they can be like thirty in this game. Yes. So I had a little bit of a unique introduction to Monster Hunter in that I had a very good friend who introduced me to it. 
And he had already known a lot, and he was taught by people he met online. So I was brought in with people who had already been playing for a bit and could kind of show me the ropes of, like, the ins and outs of what to do. So my whole experience was a community experience. Like, my right. first time I sat down and played it, I had someone next to me telling me, like, oh, like, this is the best way to do this. This is where you find the mushrooms. Oh, don't fight that. It's going to kill you. <laughs> um, and, like, helping me along. And the community was amazing, and I always looked forward to come on every night and hunt giant monsters with my friends it was something i always looked forward to and that kind of went on to the psp versions and the 3ds versions Mm -hmm. as well i would just sit down and play for hours with my friends and even though i developed carpal tunnel from the psp and the claw grip i needed i still played six hours a day yeah these are this this comes with being a monster hunter uh now obviously this is this is the is the first time it's on ps4 period like yes yeah so So it's been on nintendo systems since the PSP, so Monster Hunter Freedom Unite was the last Sony Monster Hunter, yeah. and that was a long time ago. Well, it was such a huge get for Nintendo for Nintendo to sort yes. of grab that franchise mm-hmm. and play Keep Away for what felt like what ten years almost. Yeah, yeah. there was some there was it, some weird spinoff on Vita. It wasn't like a main game, right? Oh well, they have they have some Palico games. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But I'm. I don't even know if that those came out here. But you're, I, I mean, you're totally right that like that thing sold so many PSPs mm-hmm. and it was so connected to Sony in my mind. And now it's totally different. Yeah. Now I totally mm-hmm. think of it I as mean, Nintendo. Yeah, a lot of people feel the same way. So I had weird. I had friends who were buying 3DSs just for this game yep. when it came out, and mm-hmm. that was that, and it clicked. And I was like, oh, and these are people who aren't like regular gamers. They were they were like you. They they played a ton of the, of the earlier ones, and like they were like, I want to get back into it with something portable. And it kind of just I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of skipped the 3DS, so that never mm-hmm. really ended up on my radar and now it's like oh hey here's a huge triple a uh open world monster hunting game on yeah. the console i prefer so how do i how do i start how do, <laughs> where how do you no. get into this kind of thing so the new especially this monster Hunter, they've been getting slightly better every time mm-hmm. and this monster hunter starts you so there's 14 different weapon types it starts you off with all 14 in your box so you can experiment so that clears things up right off the bat okay it does not okay how do you get into this game uh first you go out into the field and you hunt a monster Uh uh-huh and then you come back and you look at the stuff that you carved from the monster's body and you make armor out of that monster to Uh go fight a bigger and stronger and badder monster so just just go go out there kill anything with one of the 14 weapons and then come back use its weird body meat and then make clothes do you pick the the weapon based on which is the coolest or is does it 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 depends on you okay what's a good like what's a good starter like a starter my favorite starter weapon um so i actually started with the great sword but it's actually become a lot more technical in monster hunter world they added a lot more moves that make it it's more viable to use it in its whole capacity rather than just run up hit it once and run away so now i started trying to use the sword and shield and i really like it it's really simple to get into it's very versatile you can uh slice things with your sword but also bash things with your shield so you're not um limited to a single type of damage and you can also use items with your weapon out with no other weapon can do so you're not being punished immediately for not knowing what to do Right, right. And you can start a combo and roll out of it at almost any time. So it's a lot more forgiving. Now. It's incredible. That sword and shield has always been 
a starter weapon. That was the first weapon they ever gave you in Monster Hunter. Because I think that's what I keep so, like sort of waiting for. Because I get when I, I the last game that came out, um, Jared Petty and I did a Let's Play mm-hmm. series where we like learned how to fight, or he taught me how yeah. to fight a monster together. And again, like one of our battles was like forty five minutes long. Mm-hmm. We had to edit the video down, and I lost at the end, but I felt really accomplished because I yeah. came close to killing him. But there's so and many little micro systems yes. at play of like my character is tired now he's hungry now my blade is dull and now mm. the, the the monster's hungry i got to feed him while i'm kicking his ass now does does world have does it have like a tutorial does it do a good job of actually like holding your hand just a little so, bit if you're completely being thrown in here i thought it did the best job out of all of the monster hunters i have played thus far some of our coworkers don't feel the same way <laughs> well <laughs> like, not all of them have been playing it you know for yeah. 10 years or um <laughs> for weapon mechanics it still doesn't do a good job. Really? It'll show you the tip of the iceberg. It gives you a page in your hunter's notes with combos, but it doesn't tell you the best way to use those combos or to use those weapons. So there's a lot of micromanagement that goes along in some of the weapons. For example, uh, the longsword seems really simple on the outset. You press triangle four times, that's your combo. Mm-hmm. You press R2 to do a more powerful strike to build up a gauge. Um, I asked one of our freelancers... Um, Brandon Rad to write up a tutorial on it because that's his favorite weapon and it's 1700 words long. Oh my god. So it <laughs> What? Fits, yeah. But the thing is all of the stuff that he mentioned is necessary to know. Oh my god. So oh but if you want to play at an expert level, you absolutely do not have to play at that level to have fun with this game. And that's one of the reasons why I I like it so much. You don't have to be technical, and if anyone is mean to you for it, like, <laughs> okay, don't talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> do they have. Do they have? Do, do they have a version of this game that's just like for dumb babies like me, like a monster? You, you don't. Breath like of the I said, Wild. you don't have to be that yeah. technical with it. Start with the sword and shield. You can totally get away with button mashing and rolling out of the way. Mm-hmm. I really like. I'm generally excited to play this. Like, I don't. I say this every time a Monster Hunter game comes out, but like, I I like everything I hear about this franchise. Like, it's mm-hmm. so nerdy and so up my alley. I just haven't. It's never clicked, and I yeah, feel like I was going to say this is so you. Yeah. yeah, that's why I came over to you today, and I was like, "Are you going to get Monster Hunter?" Because this is this is you, Andrew. I really, I really do want to play. I probably can't play it until after launch, yeah. but I'd like, I definitely, I want to try and get into it because, especially seeing PS4 footage, like it's it so mixes beautiful. like the combat. Number one, it's, it does. It looks really good, and the combat almost looks like Dark Souls ish sometimes. Yeah. Like like those big, like huge weapons too. There you like, go comparing things to Dark well, Souls. Okay, here's the thing. I heard <laughs> not in terms that, of difficulty. Get a comment about yeah, that. Yeah, no, not like that. that. I heard that Dark Souls took inspiration from Monster Hunter. Oh wow! As far as like fighting very big monsters with very big weapons. Yeah, so that's kind of like no. the Dark Souls of Monster Hunter. I, I even, I'm not even. I'm sorry, I'm not even doing the Dark Souls comparison yeah. like a difficulty way, but it's even just like yeah, sword and shield combat mm-hmm. isn't something we see. You know, like mm-hmm. technically Zelda, but not even close. Right, really. like right. you can't use it in that sophisticated of a way. It's very. It can be a very punishing system if you just attack with abandon. Most of the weapons will lock you in with a combo, and a monster will be able to get a shot off on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you know the monster like if you've hunted it 10 times because you want a specific gem to make the specific piece of armor which will make you better at your weapon which i did last night until four in the morning um (laughs) you'll know the monster better and you'll be able to kill it significantly faster than when you first started the hunt and that accomplishment feels great the first Mm. time you go up to a monster that is giving you trouble and you beat it with your group of three friends is one of the best 
feelings you can and that's what i want right. that's it that bloodborne great. thing yeah that, yeah, yeah. Do you it feels think, so good do you think this will click with people who i think that's also like a thing that, mm-hmm. that the souls and bloodborne games have is that they are sort of like obtuse and hard to mm-hmm. get into but then you go to you go talk to your friends and they're yeah. like no you got to do this and yeah that and that. that's that's always how it is Does this it's kind of more of the same of that mm-hmm. um, you'll get in a party and we'll be doing something and someone will ask a question and be like oh i know the answer to that now <laughs> is it really reliant on multiplayer i know that's like a huge thing for them but is it like if you want to just kind of go it solo, can you? You absolutely can play solo. So you have these guys, your palicos, and they're little oh, lines. <laughs> no, the cat. <laughs> no, not me. Oh no. <laughs> and um, you can customize them to look how you want, and name them, and give them armor and weapons, and they will come with you and play as a support role. So you're honest, like, you're like you can either make you can either make friends in real life, or you could bring a cartoon yeah, cat, cat to fight the so giant you can play, tyrannosaurus. That's you can brutal. play with one other person, so you can play two players, and then have your two cats with you. Like uh, cat lady. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. actually very helpful. I I want you and everyone listening to hold me accountable that I will be I'll be back from Dice on February twenty third. After that, like starting that Monday after, I'm gonna start playing Monster Hunter. All right. Okay. So tweet at Garfep, that's G A R F E P, and make sure that he does the thing he said he would do. At, at the last week of February, I'm gonna play Monster Hunter, I promise. Uh yeah, we're gonna try to uh, we're gonna try to get get some copies of this and I'll sink some time into it in case I wanna yeah. get you back on when you can actually talk. And you're you're reviewing it, right? So I'm not reviewing it. Oh, you're not? Okay. But you're I, doing the guide? It, Joe Scrubbles? I'm doing the guide, and yeah, Joe Scrubbles is doing it, and I generally agree with him on everything he has to say about Monster Hunter, so I trust him. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, cool. Uh, and don't, I just wanted to say, don't feel too intimidated about getting into this game. You absolutely can do it. It's really fun. It's really rewarding, especially if you have a group of friends to do it. The online system is far and above so much better than it's ever been. It's, That's good. Yeah. That's a really nice motivational message. Yeah. Believe in yourself, we- and they've improved the UI. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Um, so there's actually a bunch of big stuff coming out this week. Monster Hunter World is one of the big games. The other one, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, <laughs> uh, which is reviewing really well. One woo. Um, I, I'm like, these are two it, games that have had a bunch of betas that have just coincidentally come out when I have not been anywhere near a console. So that's been cool. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's doing it's getting like eights and nines across the board. Um, obviously, a big Dragon Ball boy. I am a big Dragon Ball boy. Uh, I'm totally behind on Super. I, I used to be. I used to be like a Dragon Ball expert, and then they started a new show, and I'm yeah, like, I don't. I, yeah, I stopped ending, after Majin Buu. I, mean, I just yeah. kind of like so did Toriyama. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous <laughs> breakdown. Like, he was like, eh. "Yeah, GT, go nuts, whatever." Oh, no. I, I like. I'm and not that's even. Why a, it's not canon. I'm not even yeah. a Dragon Ball guy, but I just love looking at this game. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. I agree. I mean, this feels like so. Like there are. I think there are over 70 Dragon Ball games in existence. They've been making them forever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just trash and shovelware. Uh, well, and it's the dumbest thing in the world because, like, this is a show about martial arts and throwing energy blasts and people fighting really quickly. So it should be the biggest no-brainer that you just make a basic functional fighting game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, Dragon the fact Ball that the Budokai was my first PS2 game. Yeah, that it was. was oh wow, it was yeah. fun. That was one of the first. Like that was one, that was a huge one when it came out. I remember yeah. that was like kind of the peak of my uh, of my like Dragon Ball fandom. Yeah. Um, and it was like at that point you either had you had to buy like a mod chip for your PS1 and play like dragon ball gt like and you had to get like a burned copy from ebay or something and do yep. that thing where you jam a pencil in like the disk drive to get it in there like it was just, <laughs> it was really it was not a good time uh and then they started being like oh hey we're actually localizing things and releasing them um but at the same time it was also like hey we can make a 3d fighter and you're like what why oh well fine okay <laughs> and i feel like there have been a handful of 2d games since then but this is mm-hmm. the first one where they're like uh, excuse me. Why is there uh why is there a, a Batman and Superman fighting game at Evo and not Dragon Ball? Uh, mm-hmm. Hello. Um, so here we get this, and it's Arc System Works, the guys who did uh, Blaz Blue. Uh, and yeah. good lord, this game looks awesome. Yes, 
Um, so I'm incredibly excited about getting my hands on this. Um, yeah, it just it looks it looks great. Also, the fact that it's got a story mode that is yeah. like adding new stuff. Um, the the big thing is they added Android 21, who is a lady who wears like a cool like kind of mod dress and and uh, glasses like yours, Casey. And she's a, she's a new Android, and apparently she, I don't, she's going to do she all kinds really of moves. She looks really cool, and yeah. I, I like her, and I want to play her in this game. <laughs> I just I hope they support this, and just we wind up with a gigantic like like MVC level roster where it just it just keeps on going, and there's just random characters in there that mm-hmm. you know you don't even know what to do with. You're like, oh, it's I I'm kind of bummed they don't have Mr. Satan in there, Hercule. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that comes out later this week, so that's another yeah, huge this, big that's one. That's his arc. He should totally be in there. Yeah, right? He just comes out and does like the, the megaton punch or whatever and, and then uh, you know fakes indigestion to get out of doing the rest of the match. <laughs> that's how you just throw. Um, it's cheating. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, there's another game coming out this week called Celeste. Uh, Brian, you've been playing this. Yeah, do you guys know about this game? Yes. Okay, uh, yeah, Celeste. Goldfarb, I think you're going to love this game too. I can't wait. Um, it's a sort of like uh, throwback, chunky, 16-bit pixel art game um, about – uh, sort of platforming, traversing environments, climbing, and basically reaching the top of this mountain. Uh, it's vaguely story-driven in that there's cutscenes and there's characters and stuff like that, more so than, say, something like Meat Boy. But I will say the challenge is on par with some of the toughest stuff that you might have played towards the end of, say, something like Guacamelee. Uh, in fact, that's what this game was really evocative to me about, uh, is sort of the air dashing and wall grabbing and double, triple jumping into, you know, uh, collecting and all that kind of stuff. Bringing all those moves together into this perfect synchronicity to... Uh, achieve everything here is just so much fun and it's a really hard game but it's also one of those games where um when you die on that screen you just start again so you don't have lives it's like it's punishing in the moment Mm -hmm. and then you kind of move on to the next screen and and you're good to go the way i'm playing it right now um is i'll go through each stage and just basically try to get to the end and then go back and try to get all the collectibles and collectibles are weird things like there's like little coins there's also hidden strawberries in every level like Um, yeah, it's just really, really special. And there are so many levels in this game. There's so much to do. Uh, and yeah, you can get a look at that air dash right there. That sort of vertical or that diagonal dash, uh, reminds me of like an old Castlevania game almost. Well, and it kind of reminds me of, uh, so this is Matt Thorson who did Towerfall and that's a game where it's obviously way, it's kind of simpler than this. It's a multiplayer game, but it had, uh, lots of really cool, like ways to avoid people. And in that game, the thing is you're shooting arrows and you have to kind of use the space in a really smart way uh i i'm so excited for this this is so up my alley it does yeah. a really interesting job of of shifting in and out of different art styles like, yeah, yeah. Sure. overworld is like a low poly kind of 3d thing the yeah. actual gameplay is is like 8-bit 16-bit but God, i would kill the, for it on vita yeah it looks yeah. like it'd be great it's on switch if you need it on a portable but um, i uh it's a, it looks and plays great on ps4 as well yeah i mean he uh uh towerfall started on ouya actually and eventually came to pretty much literally every oh, wow. platform oh, so um, i didn't know that i um, thought it was just straight to um playstation it was actually i believe it was an ouya exclusive it was, it was yeah it was announced. timed exclusive uh it so i'm hoping really good. direct good to crackle job. yeah, <laughs> yeah I, didn't know. Crackle. I, I would love though if this came to everything because I, yeah. I really want to play it on beta yeah if you're watching the video version you can see the character just died but then original uh, initially just uh you would think that'd be the end of it but just just immediately respond get to keep playing um that's the forgiving side of it that i think works really well um in the fact that it is so hard right and it does push back a little bit but it's worth it's worth getting through and like i said i've been playing it in a way that uh 
I don't really go for – oh, there's also like secret exits and stuff like that. So there's just hidden stuff all over the place. Um, yeah, cool. please check this game out. I don't really get to talk about indies enough on, on PS4, mostly because there's so many great AAA games all the time. But uh, I want to get better at that this year. And uh, this is a great game. This hey, Brian, I want to let you keep going, but we, you got to shut up. We're talking about another AAA game that's coming out this week. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, this is the Inpatient, the super massive game. Uh, the guys who did um, Until Dawn and uh, I don't know Until if that's Dawn, a AAA game, Max. Rush of Blood. Uh, <laughs> it's like a double A game. That's what I was. What else, there's there's no there's half. no middle ground. Um, well, it, it doesn't have pixel art, that's for sure. This is the PlayStation VR sort of prequel to Until Dawn, where you're of course the inpatient. You're a person in a mental institution, and it's spooky. There's all sorts of spooky stuff going on here. Um, I don't know if I want to play this just because I'm like I don't really like to put a thing on my head and then be frightened by it. Like that's mm-hmm. not really my jam. But I do really want to give a shout out to the uh, the controls in this. I think I've talked about this before. I played it at uh, at PSX, and like we we're talking a bit about how like games you forget, like GoldenEye or Resident Evil Two. It's like you, you remember it being really good, but the controls don't hold up. And right. You're like, oh, the means of actually playing this are really difficult. This is one of the most intuitive um, like PlayStation Move VR games I've played. I think you can play with a controller too, but just the means of like interacting with things around you and it being sort of uh, it's it uses the microphone to like you can you can talk and mm-hmm. answer questions with that, and it's just sort of it's really interesting because in terms crazy. of the, yeah, in terms of these guys making VR games, um, they are sort of in that Until Dawn universe. Uh, Rush of Blood, which was a PSVR launch title, was one that I got like kind of a lot of mileage out of, um, and it was the first PSVR game or VR game period to give me that feeling of like that that pit in your stomach you get when you're on a roller coaster. And I was just sitting on my couch, and I'm like, how are they doing this like psychologically? <laughs> but that was sort of like a lo-fi wonky carnival game about going on like haunted rides and shooting clowns in the face and it's like it it felt low budget uh, and it 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 worked i think mm-hmm. to that degree in that you're on a roller coaster that constantly keeps breaking and bad things keep happening but this feels so much more polished and so much more cinematic and i think what people sort of expect from until dawn it's also easy to look at it and be like oh until dawn's a scary slasher horror movie game and rush of blood is like a more carnival ride thing but this is totally going more like psychological horror way to it it feels right. it, it's got like almost like kind of vision questy like dream sequence stuff as opposed to like just there's a zombie or a killer or whatever mm-hmm. it's like very uh I don't know. It, it seems it seems more more environment environmental horror is what they were stressing, but yeah. still not really wild on VR horror. You know, it's like, well know. specifically the you woke up in a mental institution VR horror. Yeah, like I played. We, like I feel like every couple of months we do one of those videos here at IGN of like how scary it is, and it. Oh, I always keep getting funneled into these rooms where they like put a dark helmet on me, and all of a sudden I wake up in a mental asylum. And I'm like, yeah. again, doing this again. But I have a feeling these guys will have a great take on it. What so about one where you have to go see your accountant? But he keeps eating all of your receipts for your like right. That's scary. He's, he's like, oh, nom, nom, nom. You're like, no, please don't. But then you look down yep. and you've got <laughs> your hands are made of old sponges and you get all your taxes wet. Okay, That's sure. an adult horror game. Right yeah. There. What? <laughs> Read it in for mature. Oh, okay. The cat fell. Yeah. Anyway, um, other game out this week. Scared. Yeah. It's just too much terror for Palico. Um, the Iconoclasses game out this week. That's like a kind of 16-bit like uh, look. Looks kind of Metroidvania-ish. I saw like a brief snippet of Let's Play, but I did not dig in too deep. Uh, Laws of Machine looks like a kind of low-key, very uh, what's a nice way? It looks like it was made by one person, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> not in the in the best way. But I mean, uh, I guess I guess there's all sorts of stuff on the on the PlayStation Store these days. Uh, Lost Sphere. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm. I really, really, really want this game to come together. Uh, I, I kind of dug. I am Setsuna. 
Yeah, um, and this fixes so like this is Tokyo RPG Factory. It's yeah. the newest kind of Square Enix RPG studio. Um, this is a follow-up to Setsuna. That one is all snow. Like the environments kind of all look the same. Yeah, uh, I think I realized about a little. about eight hours into I Am Setsuna that that was the only setting in the game, and um, I got sad. Like I was just sort of like, oh, like I I play video games to escape to like creative and bold and interesting new worlds, and this is just bleak it was just like it was just like a sad snowy and there's like this drifting piano music i literally fell asleep playing that game like four times but see like this is actually i i feel like it improves a lot of that because you might like if you're watching the video version there's fridge right now of uh you can move now during battle mm-hmm. like it's a little more they kind of i don't think it's quite 100 percent there yet but they're they're getting better at making it a little more of like a actiony thing yeah and it's just a really cute it, it feels very old school like it really does feel it's very, more evocative it's very, of like it's a, very chrono trigger yeah, yeah. i mean I or that's, even, the, that's their that's their sort of root here yeah for sure like it, it does it kind of goes back it, it like there's a little bit of final fantasy 10 in there there's a little bit of like kind of classic sporadic stuff and i think it's um I, I it feels like a market improvement what little i've played of it um i'm, I'm pretty excited to dive into it i'm Bummed because I'm Setsuna came to Vita only in Japan mm-hmm. and then only came to um, eventually to Switch, but it only came to PS4 and PC here. This one, again, PS4, PC, and Switch. I would love these games on Vita. Like, I, I love my Switch, but like, I don't know, I want to give. No, I, I, it's nice to play a game like this on Vita because that's actually where I played a bunch of I'm Setsuna. I, I played the Japanese version. Um, it bums me out when games like this uh, like don't get localized and don't come to America. Yeah, uh, especially like I saw the like the Secret of Mana collection thing mm-hmm. like d- didn't come here or yeah, isn't coming here. I don't know. Like that sucks. I love those games and I'd love to try them again, especially on PS4. And yeah, we got uh, they released uh, what was it? Adventures of Mana. Is it called Adventures of Mana? Whatever that that yeah. unreleased one was that came to Vita sometime last year. Yeah, um, we are getting the uh, we are getting the the, the remaster the remake. Which yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. Yep, be, that'll be cool. For yeah, sure. I think um, we get we gave this one an okay review. I think review goes up this week um i'm still interested in trying it out because i'm i'm like constantly itching for a sort of old school jrpg or rpg in general like i i realize that like i really miss the sort of like leveling up and grinding in games hey what if you played persona don't we, we went the whole okay. episode all, all right, right all right you want to play some monster hunter i well, i'm afraid oh, both of you both of you <laughs> Don't That's you want to go kill an animal and bring its parts back to camp? Well, it's like, actually, what are these? Yes, it is it's called Bloodborne. I'm going to keep playing it because I love it. Uh, and it is. That, it, that I can level up in that game. That game. I can kill the horse skeleton. I don't have to go to high school. You have to ask your friends how to level up. My friends is, aren't there. It is <laughs> funny no, that you mentioned RPGs because this last game, okay, KO, let's play Heroes, is a cappy RPG based on a Cartoon Network show that I played in PAX and totally fell in love with. I yeah. haven't even seen the show, but it's uh, it's like in lockstep with the development of the show itself mm-hmm. and it is just this really cute clever rpg that has all these like like i feel like you especially would dig it really? it has these really funny little systems like um one of the ways that you get uh like super moves or unlock new characters you have like a binder of like trading cards and there's just all these cute little like you are very clearly a kid right um it was it was super fun i i was actually really impressed by it i, be, I, I played the um the i believe it was like an okay ko, uh, ko beat em up game that came out a couple months ago and it was like Totally fine, if not um, very sort of repetitive. But I didn't know any of the characters because I don't watch the show. So like any of the charm of that was going was gone on me. Like it's like if I had played the Ninja Turtles arcade game in the nineties and I was like I don't never yeah. see the show. I don't know who these guys are. Well, apparently, it's been confusing. Apparently, like the guys who make the show uh, are they're gamers. Like they're young enough that they grew up with it. And I think we're at a point where we're starting to see that with. Uh, I mean, we see this with Rick and Morty, where Justin Roiland is like hugely invested in in making games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to a to a, a sort of different extent, like the South Park guys actually 
giving a damn about making a good South Park game. Yeah, for they sure. They did a good job. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, twice, I would yeah. love it if we got like a proper Steven Universe game because um, I actually keep track of that. But like, well, I think especially it's awesome. this also, one, it's, it's Cappy it's Games. It's Cappy. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, like the, they have proven that they're the guys, you know, like yeah. they're yeah. so good at this. Also, once this is out, which it will be soon, they can go back to finishing Below. A Someday. game that isn't out yet. How long have we been talking about that game? That was, what well, I want to say 20, uh, was it 2013? Was it that long ago? That was an Xbox One exclusive, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, it probably helps uh, to shoulder the cost of a game that's been in development yeah. for eight years to sort of go like, hey, oh, we'll, totally. we'll no, do no, a yeah, licensed yeah. one in the middle. Yeah. It no, might have been after that. Yeah. It might have been a couple years later than that, but I think it's been almost that long at this point. I completely forgot about that I've game. I've seen it like so many PAXs. We've seen it yep. so many events. Yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of cool seeing an indie studio jump on, on something licensed like this. Um, the guys who did... Uh, the guys who did Nog actually helped make one of the one of the it was I think it was Deus Ex Go, uh, and it's weird to be like oh you're, it's like kind of like um, like Taika YTT directing Thor Ragnarok you're right like, oh you yeah. made like weird independent movies and now you're doing this AAA thing or what was uh, it the Mummy that came out uh, the Mummy Demaster that yeah. was done by Way Forward yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's would, that'd sometimes. be a cool roundup to see like a bunch of great studios working on stuff that you might not mm-hmm. you know understand well I mean and even we have Crystal Dynamics making Avengers game right now yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it means like great licensed stuff, then sure, yeah. let's do it. But I mean, even just smaller stuff, like if it's going to be licensed stuff and you're going to, you've only got a set budget, like give it to an indie studio. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that makes a ton of sense. Now, Casey, this last game, uh, yeah. you like Monster Hunter. <laughs> what about Wild Turkey Hunter? I think this is the game that uh, Andrew was asking for. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, sorry, this is the one I'll be playing after Dice. Just uh-huh. to clarify. Yeah. Uh, so I was just, I couldn't. I don't know if this is a joke. This looks like something I would Photoshop. This looks like a terrible it, gag. Is what is actually? coming out this is a real game i'm not making this up it's there's a game on psn this week called wild turkey hunter and the, the blurb for it is this come experience interactive hunting at its best as opposed to like that passive you know sit back and watch hunting that is called just animal <laughs> it's called bird watching it's not hunting all right enjoy matching wits with america's most elusive game bird the wild turkey I don't know if you guys have ever encountered wild turkeys, not they, the whiskey. They, but they, they will walk across your front lawn in packs of eight and stand there. So no, yeah. not elusive. Also, I they'll literally the word, drown if it rains. So do you know matching wits with them, yeah. not that hard. Here's a way you actually, here's actually how you build a turkey trap. If you dig a hole in the ground that has a small ramp on one side of it and you put anything over it, and then you throw like grain or something down in the hole, the turkey will walk down the ramp and then it'll go, oh, it's nighttime. And it will stay in the hole. <laughs> so if you're trapped in the woods, that's how you track down America's most elusive game bird, the wild turkey. It's a weird font, too. It looks like, I don't know, from like a 70s like a energy paint? drink. Yeah, it looks like a Photoshop I would do when I'm tired, not enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Also, like, it's like this, the picture is, is great. It's just this, like, big, full-plumaged turkey, and there's just a crosshairs on it. Like, I'm sure someone worked very hard on this game. They're very proud of their... Yeah. Turkey hunting simulation. Oh, I'm yes. 100% buying this game. We're going to play it on Up at Noon this week, so tune in. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was Beyond This Week. Wild Turkey Hunter. You can also hunt wild contender. turkey down at the local bar, yeah. the old saloon. Yeah. Just pound a few of those shots. Not that not that tasty. <laughs> oh. It's really not. you got to get the, the 110 proof. It really goes down. Uh, <laughs> it's a smooth one after like a, a nice divorce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that was Beyond This Week. Uh, please head over to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond and subscribe to that channel and check out some of the videos we got up. That's where we're putting all of our rapid fire, our sort of off-topic questionnaires. We're doing occasional Let's Plays. Uh, and, uh, you know, go over there and, uh, and say hello. On that note, um, we are all on Twitter. You can find me there. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Andrew is Garfep. 
Casey, what are you? I'm shiny KCD. Shiny KCD. Like the Pokemon? Yeah, like shiny Pokemon. What, and what is that? Uh, this is a PlayStation show, madam. Please, how dare you wear <laughs> I'm that sorry. shirt? sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be here today. And if you're going to be grabbing if you're gonna be grabbing Monster Hunter um, World, uh, you've got the guide up on IGN? Yes, it will be up on IGN Wikis. If you just type in IGN Monster Hunter World Wiki, that will be that guide. And Including wanna... the 1,700 words on the Great Sword? <laughs> yes, on the Long Sword. Long Sword. <laughs> Short story, <Perfect>. Long Sword. Um <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's beyond. Uh, thank you all for watching or listening or whatever, and uh, may you have a wonderful week of the games. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye. So yeah. long. Cowabunga. You don't beyond. Okay. Happy right. hunting. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.